Free people will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. And tonight's topic on Restoration Hour, of course, today is December 9th, 2023 is going to be first in a series of calendar discussions because on March 8th, 2024, we're going to have the second eclipse in the pattern of two eclipses spread out over seven years or close to seven years that uh, both eclipse paths, the one that occurred first in 2017, had seven cities named Salem in totality, which is quite an astounding coincidence. And the, the this eclipse happening on April 8th, which intersects directly over Macanda, Illinois, so it's ground zero for the two eclipses. I think Yahweh's telling, trying to tell us something. And that eclipse path intersects Macanda, Illinois, and that Eclipse also has seven cities named Salem in totality. Uh, in addition, there's a, a third eclipse path that happened earlier this year, which crosses the two eclipse paths I just talked about and forms a figure Aleph with, with those two lines as well. So I think Yahweh is telling us that I am Alpha and Omega, <laughs> and I I don't accept your human, that is, even Adamite peace. We're getting close to the Judgment Day, folks, and that, that occurs in 2024, April 8th, which is in the solar calendar Feast of Passover. It only works for the solar calendar. All other calendars will be at different times where they occur at the wrong time and will not include this eclipse as part of Passover. So I've been doing lots of research on on this subject. And so tonight I'm going to pretty much explain how the solar calendar works, why it is the only bona fide scriptural calendar. All others are either Jewish or Muslim or some sort of pagan the Jewish calendar is definitely Babylonian. You can just look it up. The Jewish calendar is a Babylonian calendar. The lunisolar calendar is a Babylonian calendar. It's not scriptural. You cannot find a single instance in scripture of any priest looking into the sky, trying to locate the crescent moon. Months are defined as 30 days, not 29 and a half days, as they are in the lunisolar calendar. And many other reasons why the lunar solar calendar must be rejected in favor of the solar calendar. So the link that I have provided, yeah, yeah, yeah lunar lunacy, solar solar sanity. Thank you, brother Abair. So the link that I have provided is a very very good article on the subject, which kind of summarizes. In fact, brother Abair and I have been working on this and fine-tuning the solar calendar for the last, oh, seven or eight years, if not longer. And there are several aspects of the calendar that were still unclear, both to me and Brother Aber. But I think we have pretty much resolved every single issue. One of the issues is figuring out why the Essene calendar, the Qumran calendar, which is in fact an exclusively solar calendar, why, and that was the one practiced by the pure-blooded Judahites of Jerusalem who left Jerusalem because they were sick and tired of the corruption created by the Pharisees and the Sadducees 
And that's when they went to the Qumran community and started the Essene movement. It's probably uh, existed in Jerusalem as well. But they decided they have to leave and get away from the Pharisees and Sadducees because they were corrupting everything and they were afraid that they themselves might be corrupted. So this is, this is why the Essenes left and they brought with them their solar calendar. Every single commentator on the Dead Sea Scrolls calendar will tell you that it was a solar calendar. However, there, the, the, the starting point for some reason, most of these commentators claim that the solar calendar begins on a Wednesday, which makes no sense at all. And Brother Aber realized at some point that what they were doing is they were basing this calendar, the beginning of the calendar, on Genesis chapter 1, the, the first day that the uh, sun actually made an appearance, because the first three days, the sun and, and stars and the moon were not visible from the earth. My argument is that because the earth was still recovering from the great uh, asteroid that collided with the earth in the previous age, and Genesis 1 is that that period. It tells us there there was a previous catastrophe and the first two or three verses of Genesis 1 are in the past tense, namely that uh, the uh, we had to reinvent uh, the, the planet, reinvent uh, Adamic civilization, and that's what the first seven uh, days of Genesis are, and they're not 24-hour days, they are eons, folks, at least a thousand years long for each one of those. So, it says the earth, the, the planet, people have to be replenished, which means they had to be recreated, right? Because so many people were killed at the catastrophe that is uh, between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2 that uh, Yahweh had pretty much had to start all over again and uh, restock planet Earth. So, replenish is the word there, not plenish, replenish. And uh, many people have our, uh, the uh, gap theory, so-called. Uh, uh, more and more people are latching on to the gap theory than ever, and there's more people even in mainstream Judeo-Christianity who teach it now, who used to not teach it. So it's gaining favor even within the ranks of Judeo-Christianity. But uh, the basic problem with that is the fact that they falsely assume that the first Sabbath day was a Wednesday. No, it was not. (laughs) Okay, and I'll get into that because Moses clearly states that Sabbath, the first Sabbath was done by, created by himself on behalf of the Israelites in the book of Exodus. Okay, it was not created in Genesis. It's created in the book of Exodus. And Mark 2 Seven, I believe it is, says the Sabbath was created for Adam, not Adam for the Sabbath. And the the first time that the Israelites actually practiced their calendar, their feast day calendar, was when they invaded Palestine, Canaan land, in 1406 B.C. The Everything in Exodus regarding the calendar was a dry run. It was all practice. The book of Exodus clearly states, that the calendar would not be practiced until the day that the Israelites invaded Canaan land. And then when they did that, they simply used up the stores of wheat and barley and whatever the Canaanites had left after being evicted by the Israelites as their first meal, okay, uh, under this new calendar, which they had not. Now, it's possible that this calendar existed before, but even if it did, the Israelites certainly... (laughs) They, the Israelites even had the name of Yahweh before the Egyptian captivity, but they certainly did not practice Yahweh's laws while in Egyptian captivity, and they totally forgot his name. Moses had to be told the name of Yahweh by Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses had to relearn the name if, if he ever forgot it. And there's really no evidence that he ever knew it beforehand, although there are statements in Scripture that the Israelites knew the name of Yahweh, 
in the early days, uh, and but with the Egyptian cap, uh, yeah, the Egyptian captivity of Israel for 400 years, they simply forgot it and uh, did not practice any of these things. Okay, yes, and Swam Foxes, the moon is not a source of light, only a reflection, a copy of the real thing, and that is absolutely correct because the uh, luminary, the word for uh, uh, sun and stars, is luminary. AR, which means a shining of its own light, not reflected light. So let me just quickly go into uh, the the document that I have on this subject on my own computer here, which is a Solar Calendar Part One, and it it discusses it discusses the Genesis. 116. Here, let me just go into Genesis 116 and uh, quote it as it's translated, and I'll show you the flaws in the translation. Now, a lot of people balk at the idea that the uh, King James Version is loaded with all of these mistranslations, but it's easy to prove. First of all, the word Jew does not belong anywhere in Scripture. It's a Jewish, it's a Masoretic mistranslation of Judah. It should always be translated Judah in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you could translate it as Jew if, if it's a reference to the Edomite Judeans, who were the avowed enemies of the Judahites who lived in, that, in those uh, days. There you can properly apply, apply it to the Edomite Jews because these are the original Jews. They are the original Jews and they still call themselves Jews today. Okay, and then the word Gentile, a totally foreign word to Scripture, does not belong in any translation, is another Jewish trick, a Masoretic trick, replacing Goy in the Hebrew and Ethnos in the Greek with their word Gentile in order to fool us with, because they have to fool us into believing that they are the tribe of Judah, thereby calling themselves Jews and the tribe of Judah, Jews, and that the rest of us are Gentiles. Folks, folks, this is Masoretic trickery at its finest. You really have to do the word studies and realize that word, word trickery is the number one tactic of the Pharisaic rabbis. That's how they get us to believe falsehoods. Okay? So Genesis 1.16, as translated by the King James, is as follows. And God made two great lights. I'm going to switch to the uh, amplified version here. So I have the actual uh, Hebrew words here, which are going to be very important. And Elohim made two great lights. And that light is Mayor, properly a luminous body or luminary. That is light as an element, figuratively brightness. That is cheerfulness, again figuratively, specifically a chandelier, bright light. But the definition of a luminary is an object that shines by its own light. And that's true of the sun and the stars. It is not true of the moon. The moon operates by reflected light. And I think the moon's reflected light, when it's full, is when it reflects the most light. And even at that point, I think it reflects less than 5% of the light that the sun puts out. So there's no way the moon can be regarded as the ruler of the night sky. In addition, the moon is not always visible at night because half the month, the lunar month, it's on the same side of the sky as the sun. That's when it's a new moon and you can't see it. And the crescent moon to the left and right of the sun are uh, nothing but thin, thin uh, crescent lines that don't illuminate anything. So half the time the moon is actually shining in the daytime, not at night. 
And the only time the moon really puts out a lot of light is when it's full or close to full. So let me quote this whole passage again. And Elohim made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. That has to be the sun, folks. <laughs> All right, Luminary. A body of light that rules the day is obviously the sun. And the lesser light to rule the night, colon, he made the stars also. That's how Genesis 1.16 appears in your KJV. However, the words he made are in italics, which the King James admits are added by the translators. The word also was added by the translators. You will not find it listed in Strong's Concordance. So the word also should also be in italics. So the correct translation without any added words, and these words were added with the uh, instructions by the Masoretes to the King James Translation Committee because they wanted to imply that the moon is suggested by verse 116, which it is not. And I don't go by implications. I go by chapter and verse. If the verse does not include the moon, that means the moon is not there, and it is not there. So here's the correct translation. And God made two great lights, the greater to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, the stars. That is the correct translation of Genesis 1.16. Anything else is has, has added words, which means somebody edited this verse. Now, who might have edited this verse? Okay. <laughs> Maybe the same people who translated Judah as Jew and Ethnos and Goy as Gentile. Maybe the same people. The problem is that you have endemic mistranslations in the King James fostered by the Masoretes, that is the Jewish Pharisaic rabbis who composed the Masoretic text right after they put Jesus to death and it took them a thousand years to perfect this mistranslation. Okay? It did not appear until 1000 AD and we have fortunately the Septuagint which appeared around 250 BC which was written by true Judahite scribes in Greek. And we can always double-check the King James Version against the Septuagint and find out where the errors occur. But you have these endemic mistranslations that occur throughout Scripture. Another example is Adam. The word man is trans- in the King James is translated from numerous different Hebrew words all of which have radically different meanings. But the King James translates them all by one word, man. Well, this is like seven different words that have seven different meanings in the Hebrew. They're all translated by the English word man. That's ridiculous, folks. That is a tremendous error. So the only way to discover these things is to do the word studies and find out where where the mistakes are. This is easy to do with a concordance, but even strong concordance has been infected by Jewish mistranslations, as both the word ethnos and goy have at the very end the definition of Gentile. Well, now, did uh, Rebecca have two Gentiles in her womb? Okay. Or did she have two nations in her womb? Once you study these things and do the word studies, you can. They're easy to spot. These mistranslations are easy to spot. So with that as an introduction, and this is going to be a multi-part series because it's very important, very, very important that we get this right and not uh, you know, fall victim to Jewish mistranslations. Yes, Yahweh established the beginning of months in the beginning of Exodus. Any previous reckoning is null. Yeah, it, it was not started in Genesis chapter 1. That's a, So many Judeo-Christian theologians make that mistake. They simply assume that the first day was we, the so-called Wednesday, even though the Israelites never had any named days of the week. 
They had Sabbath, the first day of the year is a Sabbath. That's the spring equinox. That's the meaning of the tekufa. The Hebrew word tekufa means the four quarters of the calendar. The spring equinox, the, the summer solstice, the fall equinox, and the winter solstice. That is for, comes from the Hebrew word tekufa, a, a word which the Judeo-Christian scholars are unfamiliar with. Okay, But that is the actual word. And that correlates with the four seasons, which consist of 91 days each, 13 weeks each. You go around the year with these 91st days marking marking those four quarter periods, the 91st day of each quarter. And then you come to the end of the feast day calendar, And you're left over with one and a quarter days, as every calendar is, because something happened between the composition of Enoch's solar calendar. And I I know what it is. It's the the full day that when the earth stood still for one day, and another day, quarter day, the earth stood still as well. That's that information is provided to us in Scripture. Something happened to, to the orbit or to the rotation of planet Earth to cause the extra day and a quarter in our calendar. But it's very clear from the Book of Enoch and Jubilees and others that there were exactly 364 days in the original calendar. Okay? That's the situation. So let me go to this article here. Because it's very good. This this article actually makes the same mistake about start, starting the calendar on a Wednesday that has totally un, no scriptural validation whatsoever. It's just based on the false assumption that the uh, the Sabbath must have been on a Wednesday in Genesis chapter one. It's ridiculous. Okay, and the the seventh day, so called the seventh yom which doesn't appear until Genesis chapter 2, refers back to the previous seven yams as a yam. So there's no way you can assert that uh, these are 24-hour days. Because seven, even if you assume they're days, the, uh, the day re- re- referred to in Genesis chapter 2 is a reference back to all six days in Genesis 1 and refers to them as a single day. It's a yom, an unspecified period of time. Okay, so here's the article. What is God's calendar, and why does it matter? Okay, or what? what is the Jewish calendar, and why don't we practice the Jewish calendar? Well, you can go on the Internet and find out that the Jewish calendar is Babylonian, and the Babylonian calendar is lunisolar. Where do you think the Jews got their Babylonian Talmud from, folks? Continuing. In the late Dr. Michael Heiser's podcast, Teaching on Revelation Chapter 11, he concluded that, quote, If you want to understand the various numbers in Daniel's prophecy, for example, 1260, 1290, 1335, and 2300, you must use the Zadokite solar calendar as the only calendar that fits. Zadok was a high priest of Israel, of Judah, in the land of Judah. He was a high priest of Judah. Let's continue. Until I heard this statement, I'd never seriously questioned the validity of the traditional, he says Hebrew, but scratch Hebrew and replace it with Jewish, Babylonian Jewish lunisolar calendar. A few months ago, someone mentioned the Enoch solar calendar, but after looking into it, I quickly dismissed it because it didn't keep the weekly Sabbath day on Saturday, the supposed seventh day. I wondered how the Zadokite solar calendar was different. Okay, so he had a different idea planted into his mind, and he was open-minded, <laughs> right? Continuing, of course, I know of many minor lunar calendar disputes that can t- constantly brew within the Jewish-slash-Messianic communities. For example, in my local fellowship, people dispute over what constitutes a new moon. 
There's no new moon in scripture, folks. That's a false translation of the word kodash, kodesh, which simply means new or renewal. The Hebrew word for month is yerach, and the Jews have falsely translated kodesh as new moon in a few places, not all that many, in a few places. The vast majority of the time, kodesh is, is re- translated as month, or renewal. That is the correct translation. It's only Jewish trickery that makes us think otherwise, just as I just quoted from Genesis 1, verse 16. It's Jewish trickery by adding words. Bullet point number one, is the new moon when the moon totally disappears at conjunction? (laughs) All right, when, when the sun is behind the moon, and therefore does not illuminate it? Or, bullet point, is the new moon when the first sliver is sighted by two witnesses? Let me tell you right here now, there is not a single word in Scripture of any priest of Israel trying to sight the sliver of the moon. Not a single verse says any such thing. Nor are there two witnesses, right? <laughs> I don't care how many Jewish witnesses you have, they're always wrong. Next bullet point. The answer determines when each month begins, which controls the dates for Passover, Pentecost, Atonement, etc. on the supposed lunar calendar. So even among the (laughs) lunar lunacy advocates, they have these disagreements. They don't know when it starts. And if you don't know when it starts, you don't know when any of the feast days really occur. But according to the solar calendar, it's very simple. You just start the first full day after the spring equinox, the Tekufa, is your first full day of the year, which is a Sabbath. And then all you have to do from that point on is count every seventh day. That's a Sabbath. Period. That's, it's really that simple. But the Jews like to make everything complicated, and so do the Judeo-Christian theologians. So here is this author realizing, oh, wait a minute, this is too complicated. There must be a simpler uh, calendar than the one that we've been used to from the Jews. Okay, it doesn't give the name of the author for this document. I really would like to know who this is. But in any case, let's continue. Okay, so he now has become familiar with the Enoch solar calendar. A paradigm shift. Yeah, we could all use a paradigm shift in our thinking, that namely truth. It would be nice if we go with the truth instead of Jewish lies. And so, Dr. Heiser's statement was revolutionary. A potential paradigm shift sending me on an investigative journey that resulted in this article. Well, I can tell you right here now that uh, Brother Abair and myself have been on this journey for a long time, and we have made these same determinations that Dr. Heiser and this author has come to, namely that the Israelite calendar is a solar calendar, not lunar solar, not Babylonian, not lunar, etc. It is a solar calendar. What is God's calendar? From Noah's flood in 2348 BC until Antiochus IV Epiphanes changed it in 167 BC, the evidence clearly proves the Zadokite calendar was the calendar of God's covenant people. It's so refreshing to hear truth told simply. If that's true, he says, it is still the calendar God uses, regardless of whether mankind uses it or not, or regardless of whether the Jews use it or not. Ancient witnesses to God's solar calendar. Here is the body of evidence that convinced me God's calendar is the solar Zadokite calendar. We we at Eurofolk Radio we simply refer to it as Enoch's solar calendar. This evidence, because that's where it actually comes from. This evidence is from Genesis, Daniel, Enoch, Jubilees, Solomon's Temple, and the Dead Sea Scrolls, showing explicit and inferred proofs 
that for thousands of years, Yahweh's ancient disciples used a solar 364-day calendar, not a lunar 354-day calendar. Genesis. The book of Genesis said the flood waters prevailed 150 days over exactly five months. So, you divide five into 150 and you get 30. A month is 30 days, not 29 and a half days, as the lunar lunacy people claim. Since the lunar calendar has both 29 and 30 day months, or 29 and a half day months, it won't tally 150 days in five months. There, and it won't and it won't give you a, a 49-day count for Pentecost from the, the day of Feast of Weeks. You cannot, it's, an, it's impossible. But the Bible clearly says the way to get from the uh, Passover Sabbath is to count 50 days to the following, to the day after that Sabbath, and then from the Feast of Weeks, which is the day after that Sabbath, a 49-day count will get you to Pentecost. That's clearly what the Bible says. There is no other instruction in Scripture of how to get to Pentecost from Passover. Period. Therefore, we can deduce from Genesis that Noah used a solar calendar with five months of 30 days each. Here are the details. The rain started on the 17th day of the second month. That's Genesis 7.11. The waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. Genesis 7.24. After 150 days, the waters had gone down. On the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of, or the hills of Ararat. Genesis 8.3-4. Now, obviously, during this time, you couldn't see the sun or the moon, but you can simply count months, right? Months, and arrive at 150 days and know which month you're in. That's all you had to do, is count the months, which I'm sure Noah was fully capable of doing. Daniel. Dr. Michael Heiser states that to understand the prophetic numbers in Daniel, i.e. 1260, 1290, 1335, etc., you must use the Zadokite solar calendar. Heiser states, if you want to make sense of the numbers historically and eschatologically, which means uh, end times, the only way it makes sense within a, quote, Jewish, no, scratch Jewish, Hebrew Old Testament Second Temple Judahite context is if you use this calendar. And there's a link here to his transcript discussing this. I'll let you guys uh, look at that. Maybe I'll investigate this on another episode. Next bullet point, Dr. Michael Heiser quotes Dr. Baccaccini. Quote, Daniel 725 blames the iniquitous king Antiochus Epiphanes for, quote, changing times, unquote, in temple worship. He's the guy who sacrificed a pig on the altar of Judah. Not Jewish altar, the altar of Judah. According to A. Jaubert and J.C. Vanderkam, who are two experts on this chronology, this marks the occasion on which the Hellenistic lunar calendar definitively replaced the old Zadokite solar calendar, which Jubilees and other people at Qumran would seek in vain to restore after the Maccabean revolt. Okay? So, the Israelites and the Zadokites, and the Zadokite priesthood was instituted by Yahweh. They practiced a solar calendar according to all of these experts. First, Enoch. Blessed are all the righteous. Blessed are all those who walk in the way of righteousness and sin not as the sinners in reckoning all of their days in which the sun traverses the heavens, entering into and departing the portals for 30 days, not 29 and a half, 
with the heads of thousands of the order of the stars, together with the four which are intercalated, those are the ninety-first days of the four quarters, which are thirteen weeks. That's how this calendar keeps a, a, a continuous record of seven days Sabbaths throughout the entire feast day calendar. Doesn't work for the for the actual calendar we have today because we have a one and a quarter days added to the calendar because of disruptions in the Earth's orbit or rotation, one or the other or both. And then these these four, which are intercalated, those are the 91st days, which divide the four portions, or the Tekufa, which divide the four portions of the year, which lead them and enter with them four days. Now, the Jews do not teach this at all, and the reason they do not teach this at all is because they're not Israelites, and they go by their stupid lunisolar calendar. Babylonian calendar. Okay, let's continue. Owing to them, men shall be at fault by reckoning false days and not reckon them in the whole reckoning of the year. Yea, men shall be at fault and not recognize them accurately. Okay, so at some point, and actually at several points, Enoch's solar calendar, Yahweh's solar calendar, was changed and it was not changed by the Israelites. It was changed by foreign powers. For they belong to the reckoning of the year and are truly recorded thereon forever. One in the first portal and one in the third and one in the fourth and one in the sixth. And the year is completed in 364 days. That's First Enoch 82 verses 4 through 6. Now these portals are a reference to the Henges, the solar calendars in stone that the Israelites erected and the pre, even the pre-Israelite Adamites erected on this earth for eons. And I believe Stonehenge is certainly one of those. And the Israelites erected many of these. That's what these portals refer to. These are not re- references to months. They are portals from which you observe the solar calendar. And this is First Enoch 82, verses 4 through 6. Note by the author, a solar calendar produces a 364-day year, while a lunar calendar produces a 354-day year. Therefore, the reference to 364 above is solar, and the 354, 10 days too soon, in the following book of Jubilees, is lunar. Okay? Jubilees, quote, And all the children of Israel will forget and will not find the path of the years and will forget the new moons. And even that's a false translation. It should say, will forget the months or renewals and seasons and Sabbaths and they will go wrong as to all the order of the years. Again, the Jews have infected all of our literature with these false translations, including Jubilees and Enoch. However, Jubilees clarifies the issue. Let's continue. For I know, and from henceforth shall I declare it unto thee, and it is not of my own devising. This is whoever the author of Jubilees is, is probably Moses. And this is not of my own devising, for the book lieth written before me, and on the heavenly tables a division of days is ordained. So, or, or it's possible that Moses is reading from the book of Jubilees here, and he made a copy. Lest they forget the feasts of the covenant, and walk according to the feasts of the nations, the non-Israelites, after their error and after their ignorance. There will be those who will assuredly make observations of the moon. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) This is the error that the book of Jubilees is talking about. Let me repeat. There will be those who will assuredly make observations of the moon. Now it disturbeth the seasons and cometh in from year to year ten days too soon. So those who make observations of the moon will be creating this error. For this reason, Jubilees continues, 
The years will come upon them when they will disturb the order and make an abominable day, the day of testimony, and an unclean day, a feast day, and they will confound all the days, the holy with the unclean, and the unclean day with the holy. That is the Jewish lunisolar calendar, folks. That's what this is talking about. For they will go wrong as to the months and Sabbaths and feasts and jubilees. You can't possibly be correct if you're counting 29 and a half day months and then you have to institute a 13th month every three or four years to compensate for your error. There's not a single word in scripture about any Israelite observing a 13th month, folks. That is Jewish and Babylonian. Therefore, I command and testify to thee that thou mayest testify to them. For after thy death, thy children will disturb them so that they will not make the year 364 days only. And for this reason they will go wrong. As to the new moons, it can also be translated as months. They will, they will keep the new months erroneously, because the Hebrew word kodesh simply means renewal or month. It does not mean new moon. Again, the Hebrew word for moon is yerak. And you will not find a single passage in Scripture that combines Kodesh and Yerach together, which would be the proper way to say new moon in Hebrew. But that is not in Scripture. There is no such combination in Scripture. So let me repeat this now. They will not make the year 364 days only. And for this reason, they will go wrong as to the new moons and seasons and Sabbaths and festivals. And they will eat all kinds of blood with all kinds of flesh. Jubilees 6, verses 34 through 38. So far, there is no evidence that the Israelites practice a lunisolar calendar. None whatsoever, except for those who have disturbed it, distorted it. Okay, and those have been those distorters have been following the Jewish lead. Okay. Okay, uh, Swamp Fox has located to the two one of the two verses I mentioned earlier, Joshua ten thirteen, and the sun stood still and the moon stayed. Now the only way that can happen is if the earth stops rotating. Unless the sun and the moon when were they, what part of the sky were they in? It would be really good. In fact, you, uh, the NASA is capable of determining when this date happened because their reckoning of the past and the record of eclipses, the record of eclipses will be make it uh, able to be determined when this date actually occurred, and you could probably determine it very closely from you know the Book of Joshua until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. So there's your one full day of the perturbation of the Enoch solar calendar and the Earth's orbit and or rotation. All right, let's continue. Solomon's temple designed for God's calendar. The, Jew, the Jewish Talmud tells us Solomon architected Yahweh's temple to reveal the exact times of the sun's equinoxes and solstices at Jerusalem. This is because the vernal spring equinox, or Tekufa, controls the beginning of the year of the Zadokite calendar, which is exactly what we've been teaching here at Eurofolk Radio for at least a decade, if not longer. Quote, the east gate into the temple used to be called the sun gate or sunrise gate. The sun gate was used to record the vernal and autumnal equinoxes. Before the exile into Babylon, it was held. Now, let me just interject here. Because the Israelite calendar and the Enoch calendar is a agricultural calendar. And you cannot plant seed with reference to the moon. You have to plant seed with reference to the sun because the sun determines the seasons. The moon does not determine the seasons. If you 
if you're off by one week in any given year, your crop may totally fail. If you're a week earlier or a week late, which is the Jewish calendar always is, the only time the Jewish calendar is correct is when their uh, full moon or new moon coincides with the spring equinox, and then it travels back and forth, and it becomes an error. Okay? The Catholics do the exact opposite. They go by the full moon, and their their calendar is going to be a, a, a week a, a week or two off in uh, according to the full moon. So both those two calendars are radically corrupted. So before the exile into Babylon, it was held to be of imperative necessity that on two days of the year the sun shone directly through the eastern gate and through all the eastern gates of the temple arranged in a line directly into the very heart of the temple proper. This is something that is common to all Kenjas around the world. There's dozens of them here in America. There's several in Britain. There's several on the mainland of Europe. There's several in the Middle East. All of these Kenjas are arranged primarily to determine the spring equinox and once you have determined the spring equinox, you can determine the rest of the calendar very easily. All you have to do is count seven days from the first day of the year, and you've got all Sabbaths lined up for the rest of the year. You don't have to look at the moon. You don't have to look at anything. All you have to do is determine the spring equinox, and you know the calendar for the rest of that year. The eastern gate, also called the sun gate, served not only to check the equinoxes, when the sun rises exactly in the east, but the solstices as well. A device on the eastern gate was designed to reflect the first rays of the sun on the summer and winter solstices when the sun rises in the southeast and the northeast, respectively. Okay, as the earth tilts back and forth in its orbit, because the earth tilts at a 23.5 degree angle, And so the solar calendar uses that to determine the solstices. And this is from the Jerusalem Talmud, Tractate Erebim 22c. Now, I don't think this information is provided in Scripture, but it would be easy to see. Well, I don't know. Is there anything left of of Solomon's temple? Uh, It was all torn to the ground by the Romans. But nevertheless, we probably have records Maybe Josephus talks about it. And Josephus was not a Jew. He was a Judahite. Let me take a swig of my tea here. The Qumran sect believed that God had entrusted them with the innermost secrets of the structure of the universe. Qumran, that's the Essenes now, folks. Now we're dealing with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Including the secret of the true calendar and the exact dates of the festivals. They used a solar calendar with the year consisting of 364 days. It was divided into 12 months of 30 days with the exception of the 3rd, 6th, and ninth, and 12th months which had 31 days. Those are your Tekufu days. According to this calendar, the, festival is always, the festivals always fell on the same day of the week and this is where they go wrong, Passover on a Wednesday. It's not on a Wednesday. They base this reasoning on the error that the first Sabbath was the first Wednesday in uh, Genesis, which were not 24-hour days to begin with. And uh, there, were no, there was no Sabbath declared on that date in Genesis 1. Yahweh's rest after the creation week the creation week of Yalms is declared in Genesis chapter 2. This has nothing to do with the Sabbath. Remember Mark 2 says the Sabbath is created for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yahweh designed our calendar and the Sabbath for us. And we didn't exist in Genesis chapter 1, so it's not man for the Sabbath. They used a solar calendar with the year consisting of 364 days. According to this calendar, the festivals always fell on the same day of the week, 
Well, it's always on the same day of the calendar. All you have to do is count 14 days from the first uh, from the first Sabbath, and you got Passover. And it only fell on a Wednesday every seventh year. They've got this information wrong. The festival of weeks of a Sunday and the Day of Atonement on a Friday. Now, this is incorrect because they falsely base it on Wednesday being the first Sabbath. No, that's not true. But anyway, again, these people are not that familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures. They're just talking about the solar calendar of the Book of Enoch, and they're making false assumptions that both Judaism and Judeo-Christianity makes about the calendar. Okay, but anyway, the source is page 34. The Bible in the Shrine of the Book from the Dead Sea Scrolls to the Aleppo Codex by Adolfo Reutemann, the Israeli Museum, Jerusalem, 2006. Now, the lunar calendar. The lunar calendar, quote, this is from the Guardian, 26 January 2018. Interesting, the Guardian newspaper. The lunar calendar, which Judaism follows to this day, requires a large number of human decisions. People must look at the stars and moon and report on their observations, and there is no record in Scripture of any Israelite doing any such thing. They didn't need to. They had Enoch's solar calendar, which is extremely simple compared to all other calendars. And someone must be empowered to decide on a new month. Are you going to hire a Jew to do that? Or two Jews? (laughs) And the application of leap years? Every calendar has to adjust for leap years because of the, the change in our orbit. Because this number can be divided into four and seven... Oh, I'm sorry, I missed something here. By contrast, the 364-day calendar was perfect. They write in the Journal of Biblical Literature, quote, because this number can be divided into four and seven, or divided by four and seven, special occasions always fall on the same day. This avoids the need to decide, for example, what happens when a particular occasion falls on the Sabbath, as often happens in the lunar calendar. Why? Because the lunar calendar is 10 days off every year. The Qumran calendar is unchanging, as is the Enoch solar calendar. And it appears to have, the only thing that changes is the day of the week that the new year starts on. And it appears to have embodied the beliefs of the members of this community regarding perfection and holiness, unquote. This is from The Guardian, 26 January 2018. So, the rest of the world is catching up to our understanding of the true Hebrew calendar. With about seven minutes left, and this is a fairly long article, and I've got a couple articles to go along with this, so this is going to be an extended study. The Zadokite calendar. The Zadokite calendar was the official temple calendar up to the Maccabean period. Book of Daniel, Composition and Reception, Volume 2, page 326. Dr. Heiser said, quote, Do you realize that the calendar used today by Judaism, the lunar calendar, was viewed as an apostate, awful thing by the Judahites who wrote Jubilees and who lived at Qumran, the Essenes, and the Book of Enoch as well? Yes, we realize that. We realize it. The rest of the world is simply catching up to us. Let's continue. That's an important question. Do you realize that? Well, the author of this article has now begun to realize it. Those are solar calendars. And those are the calendars they believed originated at the time of creation. Well, see, that's incorrect. They did not believe that. That's a false assumption they make about the Essenes. Everything else was an inferior system. This is what led to the split that created the Qumran community. Yeah, those were true Judites who left Jerusalem because they saw the corruption that the Pharisees and Sadducees were guilty of and they weren't able to do anything about it because the Romans empowered the Pharisees. This was a big deal for them because now you're using a human calendar, a Jewish calendar, one that you have to adjust by arbitrarily adding a month every now and then as opposed to God's perfect mathematical calendar. 
This is an abomination. Is that too strong a word? I don't think so. This is an abomination. They never won that fight. Yeah, they lost out to the Greeks, the pagan Greeks. Antiochus Epiphanes changes the times in the temple worship. They go back to the lunar calendar. They replace the solar calendar. Unquote. This is from the NB381 transcript. See pages 8 and 9. Thank you very much. And there's an image of the Dead Sea Scroll in Jerusalem Shrine of the Book Museum, which reveals that the Israelite calendar was indeed solar, not lunisolar or anything else. From the book of Revelation, and we'll conclude on this note today, Dr. Heiser said, quote, The only ancient text that explicitly elaborates on the figure of Daniel, this numerical figure, is the Revelation of John, and it is strikingly straightforward. The time of persecution is a period of 42 months, of 30 days, that is, 1260 days, or a time, two times, and half a time. 1260 is divisible by 30, not by 29 and a half. According to the book of Revelation, therefore, Daniel would have known a solar calendar of 12 30-day months, which makes a year of 360 days. In fact, such a calendar allows us to establish a sensible relationship among the three calendrical references in Daniel 12. A consistent and proportioned series links the half week, that is 1260 days, to the 1290 days by virtue of the addition of one 30-day month, which in turn becomes 1335 days with the further addition of one 30-day month and a half. All right? And from this, from the 1260 days, you get the 2,520 days, namely the seven times of the book of, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Not Jasher. We're talking about the Bible now. Uh, The seven seven times punishment of the Israelites, which adds up to 2,520 years, a year for a day. Okay? That's how that is determined. And there, you can't use lunar or lunisolar calendars to calculate these numbers accurately. The, the, as the author said at the very, very beginning, the eschatological numbers will not add up correctly and your prophecies will not add up correctly. Therefore, the months have to be 30 days and the years have to be 360 days. However, we, they're not taking into consideration here in the, the the fact that there's there are actually 364 days, and now we have 365 and one and a quarter days every year. So, but we just count the years. We don't have to count. We don't have to count any lunar. We don't have to count any lunar lunacy at all. Period. None of that nonsense. We don't do that nonsense. Okay, that's Leviticus chapter 26, folks. That is the chapter that contains the seven times prophecy, which is 2,520 years. That prophecy started when the half-tribe of Manasseh was taken into captivity in the year 745 B.C. Exactly 2,520 years later, America was founded in the year 1776. You cannot get these numbers from any other calendar but from the Enoch solar calendar. All right, that's how this works, folks. All right, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition, and we, we want to have solar sanity once and for all. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Free people will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problems. Government is the problem.